Good evening, cabin crew. Welcome to another episode of the Conversation Cabin Podcast. I'm your daring host, Farah. Tonight, we're diving into the mysterious world of Appalachia and the spine-chilling tales that have been passed down through generations. Appalachia is a region that spans from the southern United States up to the northeastern United States, and it's known for its dense forests, rolling hills, and rich culture. But it's also known for its haunted history and legends of cryptids, ghosts, and other paranormal phenomena. From the infamous Mothman to the terrifying tales of the Bale Witch, the lore of Appalachia has fascinated and frightened people for centuries. We have a very special guest for this evening. Granted, it was pre-recorded, you know how schedules can be. But we'll be speaking with Jimmy from Spooky Appalachia. Jimmy and his co-host Phil have created a awesome YouTube channel where they dive deep into the legends and lore of the region, researching, writing, and telling stories about cryptids and other high strangeness. But they don't stop there. They also do reaction videos of paranormal clips, take video tours of haunted locations, and even live stream on various topics. I was thrilled to have spoken with Jimmy about his knowledge and passion for the eerie history of Appalachia. He is a great supporter of my work and my podcast. So, of course, this episode is dedicated to you, my friend. The first question that I had asked Jimmy was, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, what got you into all of this, any first experiences. So sit back and relax, cabin crew, turn down the lights, and prepare to be spooked. This is A Conversation with Jimmy from Spooky Appalachia. I guess I, uh, starting out, I grew up in a uh, little holler, holler, <laughs> and um, we moved to, into town, um, I think when I was like 10 or 11, um, uh, I, yeah, bef- while living there, I did, uh, I did uh, have a, uh, I guess a UFO sighting. Or what we thought was a UFO, what I, th- you know, my whole class. I think I told you a, a little bit about that. Yes, um, you did. I, I think I was in the fourth or fifth grade, late nineties. Um, uh, about that time, the the, the, the X Files were really big. Um, the show Sightings, uh, Unsolved Mysteries, those were all popular. We watched them in my household. Um, so UFOs were you know, quite the buzz back then. Um, I was on a playground at my school one uh, maybe an afternoon, who knows? Um, and I noticed a uh, kind of a spear-type object 
and you know how this area is. You're, you're surrounded by mountains. Um, there's a big sphere object way off in the distance on top of one of the mountains, um, kind of hovering above one of the trees at the very top. And, uh, you know, it's got to be big if you can see it. Um, I started, you know, I think I told a couple of my friends, hey, what, you guys see that? What do you guys think that is? And then more and more kids kept coming over to look at it. And it wasn't too long before uh, a couple of teachers came over. Somebody came with binoculars. We got to look at it. It was kind of a light brown object, sphere, perfect sphere rugged if i remember correctly like not smooth like kind of rugged i I mean that probably doesn't even make any sense but uh no it does i can i so are you saying more or less like the what it was made of yeah a little rugged yeah i get it um a lot of the stuff i've seen and heard about over the years they're all you know they're smooth and chrome this was i mean it was kind of weird um and then the the we're asking the teachers, you know, what is this thing? They had no idea. Um, and then uh, somebody said, hey, that's a UFO. <laughs> and um, no one was ever able to explain it. Um, it's always stood out in my mind. Um, it was just this object that was stationary on top of the mountains above a tree. Oh, another weird thing was we noticed when we looked through the binoculars, there was like a uh, like a maybe a just a straight line coming out of the bottom of it that was weird and it was going down towards the tree no was clue. the line a light no it was just this thin line that you could see with the binoculars only you couldn't see them with the naked eye it was very bizarre that's interesting because there was I watched something before Jimmy that on um on a UFO I I forget right now what the name of it was but they could only see these lights that they saw through their night vision camera but if they went like this like to the side like looking at with their own eyes they couldn't see it so I wonder what that is hmm. so did the did your friends or teachers, did they ever say anything to you about there were UFOs in that area? No. Um, and I uh, I don't think that I've ever actually seen anything like that ever again. At least that I know of. <laughs> you know, I could have seen it and, you know, you know, you're out at night and you see something, you're like, is that actually a plane? Right. And I mean, but especially where you live, I mean, where I live, Appalachia, we got tons of sightings. I mean, you might have not have seen anything personally again, but goodness, we're in like a paranormal hotspot. My friends. Yeah. Yeah. I I thought you meant those friends from school. I, I, I don't remember anything from the friends from school, but my friends that I know are and have. Yeah, I have been hearing about ufo sightings all my life which you probably have too you know it's everything right exactly so then what after how did that ufo sighting affect you after that 
Uh, it, 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 I guess it triggered my uh, interest. I started looking into these uh, UFOs, and then I found Bigfoot, started looking into Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster, and uh, I read about Mothman. Mothman was one that always stood out to me and creeped me out because it was so close. You know, it was just like my dad uh, went to school near there, college, and oh, he had wow. heard about it. Yeah, that's one of my most fascinating cryptid stories. I love the story of the Mothman. I love it. Besides Dogman, but <laughs> and and did your family, did your dad, or your like your immediate family, have they had any encounters with anything weird? My mom did. Um, my great grandma lived with us growing up, and um, a couple weeks after she passed away. Um, my mom took off work to stay home with my sister who was sick and, um, she went out to the pharmacy to get medicine for her. She just taken her to the doctor or something, I think, and went to go get medicine. She left her there at the house. And then she had heard on the radio that there was like a kind of criminal on the loose or something in our immediate area. And she flipped out. She heard it on the radio, raced home. She knew she left the front door unlocked. She gets home. The front door is locked. And she can smell my great-grandma's perfume at the front door. Oh, my God. Yeah. And? Oh, that was was really it. Oh, my God. But that's scary just to think that. Oh my goodness, that just gave me chills. Yeah, it to me. me out. <laughs> wow. What about your dad? He's never said anything. No. Mm-mm. Which is weird. He's he's actually a uh, half Cherokee. Ooh, interesting. Okay. Well, after so let's go on to when you started thinking about writing and looking into legends and lores. Oh more. gosh. Um. I didn't really start writing much until a couple years ago. I mean, I never imagined I would be any good at it. I had a, I think it was 2017. Um, well, do you want me to jump ahead to that or do you want me to? Well, what, what would you say inspired you to start writing about paranormal encrypted stories okay. in Appalachia? Would you say it was that UFO incident? I think so. I think so. That's that's definitely what triggered my uh, interest in it. I, uh, from a, I've talked to a lot of people in this stuff, and it's always a, uh, an, a sighting that they have or an encounter they have that triggers their interest, and then they start looking into it, too. Then I and had a... Oh, what, was your, what was your first stories that you did? Like, when you first started, and, and how did you get those stories? How did you... What made you write the first, let's say, three to five stories that you did? Um, actually, I um, started off in a couple years before. My uh, a friend of mine had a YouTube, a paranormal YouTube channel, and um, he was having a hard time finding. Con- he wasn't. He he was in Australia. We used to play games together, but um, he was he. He was really interested in Appalachia, but he couldn't find the stories. I was like, I know him. I could, you know, I could write down some for you. And um, I wrote 
one, I wrote a story on the Mothman, uh, Flatwoods Monster, and uh, I can't remember. I think Black Eyed Kids. I did a couple more. But anyway, the, they, they got like over a thousand views. I was like, holy heck, you know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I might be good at this. Yeah. Um, and then I, uh, I actually started doing some work for the Mothman Museum and started hearing even more stories after that. Um, that is one of the places where I, I, I get some stories. They, they send along to me sometimes. Um, but yeah, then I decided to do the blog because I thought I didn't have the voice to do it for YouTube. I thought people would hate it. What <laughs> you get? My goodness! Every, nobody can ever believe that. But I did the blog first. I still do the blog, you know. Um, all the stories go in there. And uh, my brother-in-law said, "Hey, I can, I could." Well, people were asking if we could, uh, or, or if I could read the stories. My brother-in-law said that he would. So it, we started off him, uh, him reading them. I would upload them to YouTube with a background. And um, he would read them, and people loved that. And then all the traffic started going to the YouTube. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and it started growing and growing and growing. And then he also started uploading them to, to Acast, I think it is, and that puts it out on all the podcast platforms. Oh, I never heard about that one. Yeah, it, it pushes it it out to all of them and uh so our weekly stories have always gone to podcast platforms as well mm -hmm. and um then i started getting people asking me you know or wanting to know what these places look like you know live from you know far off all over the country all over the world i'm like from these places I, I mean they're like an hour or two from me you know i'm like Two and a half to three hours from pretty much anything of West Virginia, you know. Right. And then um, I, let's see, what did I film first? I think it may have actually been, um, it may have been the Wood Booger uh, Grill and Bar. Where, have you ever heard of Wood Booger? No. Um, no. It's a uh, variation of Bigfoot. In a lot of cases, it's the same thing as a Bigfoot. Um, I wrote a story on Woodbooger and where the, the whole Woodbooger uh, term came from. It was actually uh, kind of named from uh, the boogeyman. Um, it was a creature that would carry kids off that uh, weren't in their beds at night. You know, that's where a lot of this stuff comes from. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. And um, it turns out uh, several years later, um, there was a Finding Bigfoot episode in Norton, Virginia. Um, but then people started flocking to Norton, Virginia. Oh, what, what caused this? A guy, uh, a guy got a, he was four-wheeling in a river, and he caught video of the creature, uh, Beast of Gum Hill. Ooh, okay. And um finding bigfoot show came there to try and find it and film it and then all these people tourists started going to norton virginia to try and find the thing and uh they 
built a, uh, a I guess a park around a giant wood booger statue, which is really cool to see. And then there's like a couple of attractions, like a, a bar and grill with the, a wood booger burger. <laughs> it's really, it's a re- I went and ate one and uh, the re- I How filmed the it was really good. It was <laughs> pork, two patties, cheese, barbecue sauce. It was great. Mm, that sounds Probably good. not too far from you. It was actually more southwest Virginia than I'm at. I'm like northern southwest Virginia, and this is like you know way down here towards Tennessee. Um, actually, really close. But uh, people loved that. You know, I kept filming more and more stuff. So Close to me, I did a. Uh, I'd heard about a um, uh, an old abandoned hospital really near me in Pulaski, Virginia. What is that place? Uh, I can't think of the name. Um, I can't. I think of the name. <laughs> well, take uh, a moment and look and look it up, because I, I want to know everything that because you have brought a lot of stories to my attention that I haven't that I've haven't heard of or even seen when I research like I do a lot of research on Bigfoot but yet I've never come across Woodburger I've 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 never come across that so when I do my Sasquatch um, saga series this summer I I want I'm gonna dig into that and see because I'm I want to do a series where it's all the different types of Sasquatch yetis hairy man feral people you know whatever so i mean it's good that you brought that up because i've never yeah we've got two here um the virginia the southwest virginia side yeah i'm in a weird split if you 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 said you're familiar with my area we've got west virginia people everywhere well i'm kind of west virginia people my family i lived in western pennsylvania that's where i was born and raised so i was literally about an hour from morganton west virginia i lived okay. around the pittsburgh area but a little bit i would say a little bit north where it was like amish country mm-hmm. you ever heard of mercer county yes there you go that's where i lived i went to school in lakeview Okay. So um, I am familiar with West Virginia. When I when I moved down to North Carolina, I used to have to always go through West Virginia to take my daughter to see her dad. And I mean, that place is vast. Yes. Uh, and, but that's what made me move to Tennessee because I was ready to move to somewhere again vast when you're younger. You want to get out to the city. You want to do things that, you know, now that I'm a little older, I love the country. Oh, but, I never wanted to go out to the city personally myself. But I always would see like the little shacks down, you know, mm-hmm. over the highway, you know, in West Virginia. And I'd be always like, God, that looks just so peaceful mm-hmm. to not have anything around. But um, but in the same fashion, I heard about a lot of creepy things that happens in West oh, Virginia, yeah. like supernaturalist. So, yeah. Um, yeah. We're so close to the border that uh, like over half the people at work are West Virginia and then rest are you know, Virginia. But um, yeah, I know a lot of people from West Virginia. We spend a lot of time there. A lot of the stuff to do around here, you go across the border, like you know, Walmart, we'll go to Walmart and, Princeton. <laughs> but oh, I went whitewater rafting at the New River Gorge. 
Oh yeah, yeah. New River Gorge is I real about close that. to me. Yeah, I love that place. Sightings there too. I've heard a lot. Um, I'm I'm kind of friends with the Bigfoot Museum owner. I guess I want to guess we say we're friends. I've you know, met her a couple times and I've been there. West Virginia Bigfoot Museum is another place I've filmed. It's really cool to see. Oh, what I was gonna say is, uh, um, depending on where you're at, it, yeah, is what what they call uh, Bigfoot. You know, there's Wood Booger, there's Man in the Mountain, Yahoo. I don't know if you've heard of all these, but I was just gonna name those off for you. The ones that uh, Man in the Mountain's a big, bigger. I hear that one a lot. Um, I've always been told Yahoo's the name of the West Virginia one, but I, I've heard Man of the Mountain more than Yahoo. I've heard of Man of the Mountain, not the full story, but I've heard of that, the name of it. It's Man of the Mountain or Old Men of the Mountain. I've heard both of those. Let me ask you, Jimmy, how do you go about researching for something that you're going to write? Well, sometimes I'll look like it always starts off with something that I've heard. Uh, someone's told me, you know, somewhere over the course of my life, I've, I've heard like, have you ever heard of Vegetable Man, the cryptid Vegetable Man? I've heard of it, but again, not the story, just in passing the the name of it. And I was yeah, like, Vegetable I had heard, Man? <laughs> yeah, I had heard it in passing. Um, I could talk about it a little bit if you want. Uh, it I, that's what I want. Me. I want people yeah. that haven't heard these type of stories. I want you to bring your take on it before they hear it from anywhere else. OK, I forget the exact year. I think it was sometime in the 70s, maybe early 70s. There, uh, there was a uh, young man who was about to ship off for the military. Um, he went hunting, I think. Squirrel hunting? I, I can't remember what he was hunting exactly. Probably doesn't matter that much. But he was hunting. He wasn't having much luck. Um, he was about to give up for the day when he heard some kind of weird sounds coming uh, from a clearing nearby him. Uh, he went to go check it out, and he saw this craft. And then um, he started hearing something talking. I believe he said that uh, it, it was like talking to him telepathically. Um, saying that it needed his help. And uh, he spun around, and there was this big, tall, lanky creature. Um, it had, like, it, its arms looked like vines. It was, they were long and thin, and it had really long fingers that uh, had suction cups on it. And um, it poked him and pricked his arm, and... Uh, he was like in a paralysis type state after this. It started sucking blood out of um, out of him, and um, then its eyes were yellow, and it, they changed to red. And then um, it was when it was done, it you know it pulled out, and then it just kind of disappeared. And he started coming to, and then he noticed the craft take off. Oh wow! Yeah. That's that makes me think when you said his eyes started out yellow and then mm -hmm. red that he mm -hmm. need it needed blood 
to survive or thrive or something like that. That's, or it was injured and needed his blood. Right. Because oh it said God. it needed his help. Yeah. Now, was this somebody gave this I this eyewitness account, firsthand account that they said this happened to them? No, not this one in particular. It was one. The ones that I hear about, um, I I actually write the completely write the story. I, I do some research and uh, write the story myself. Um, I have a bunch of books. I believe I, I read a couple of articles and books about it and got the full story. If I remember correctly. Now, do you believe in the existence of these creatures, or do you think that they're simply folklore? You know, it's really hard to say unless you were there yourself. That's that's mm-hmm. how I see it. Yep, same here. And that's why I will always say that I how, – how do I want to say it? Okay, so you know like how they say you're innocent until proven guilty? Exactly. I say it's here until you prove it's not. Because it it started from someone's mouth. It started mm-hmm. from someone seeing something. But what always gets me is I can't stand when people say, oh, you know, they'll look at a picture or whatever it is, watch a documentary. Oh, there's no there's no Bigfoot or no, that's that's not a Mothman. Yeah. And it's like, well, here's what I here's what I'll say to that. If if you think. That's not a Bigfoot or a Mothman or this type of cryptid or whatever. Then tell me what it is. Everyone can say what it's not, mm-hmm. but nobody's telling me what it is. Even scientists, they're saying, oh, there's no such thing as Bigfoot. Well, then tell me what that is. And they don't. They don't ever follow up with, but it's this. And here's my evidence to support that. Do you feel the same way? Yes. Thank you. Speaking of photos, did I ever tell you someone actually uh, sent me a Mothman encounter story with a photo? No, but tell me. Um, Because I love Mothman. Anything Mothman. Let's see. I think that the it was 2021. The person told me it was like July 2021. They're actually doing a paranormal investigation. I forget the town in West Virginia. It was like uh, northern West Virginia. Um, and, uh, they saw that, I think they were at some picnic tables at a park and they saw, um, some kind of creature off in the distance. And then, uh, it started coming closer towards them. They ran to their cars and, uh, kind of booked it out of there and, uh, it, it followed them. It was flying after them and, uh, they went through a tunnel and, uh, it was lit up and they got a good, um, look at it. And they they were like, oh my God, is that, is that Mothman? Um, they got out of the tunnel and uh, it kind of flew off. And then uh, they stopped the car and one of them got a picture of it perched on something. And they sent that to me. Oh my gosh, you'll have to send that to me because I want to see that. Yeah. Now, while we're on the subject of Mothman, that's one thing that disturbs me is that people continuously say it's an owl. That's what scientists, I guess, like, but the way people describe the Mothman, when it's flying next to your car and it's looking at you and it's going 60 some miles an hour, that's not an owl. Yeah. I hate to break it to you. 
but it's not an L. Um, but what do you think is the most frightening story that you've come across in your research? Um, with Mothman or just in general? Just in general. That's some really creepy ones. Um, <laughs> What's one that kind of when you were researching it or writing it, you were like, ooh, it gave you like the chill, the shiver, like or just, you know, you almost kind of wanted to look around because it just gave you that just off feeling. I actually had one that was sent to me. Um, these people were working in a Taco Bell in Ohio. And um, they started, they, they had closed the restaurant for the evening. And uh, they started hearing like a staticky sound coming through the drive through It was late at night. And, um, you know, they answered the headset asking if somebody was there. And then they started hearing a pounding on the, the drive through window. And um, there was this little girl standing outside the drive through window. And uh, they asked if they could help her. And uh, she said, may I come in? You know, they told her, sorry, but the, the restaurant's closed. And uh, then she asks again, may I come in? And they kind of look at each other and, you know, they're, Say it's, they tell her it's against uh, company policy. And then she starts shouting and banging on the windows, let me in, let me in, let me in now. And, um, you know, they get scared. They hide behind the counter. Um, and, you know, they still hear the banging. They don't know what to do. And then all of a sudden uh, they hear like the, the headphones from the drive-thru off in the distance. You know, it's quiet at this point. And they hear somebody say, hello, hello. And it's, uh, it's, a, it's a customer trying to make an order. They, they come out from behind the counter and she's gone. Um, they, they did see her face and saw that she had, you know, jet black eyes. And, um, they looked they looked into the the jet black eyes and found out hey this may have been a uh, black eyed kid that one that one really creeped me out i got it, it was that one, one of the creeped first me ones. out too yeah wow that's yeah. i i pictured that in my mind her standing outside and screaming that that got me ooh mm -hmm. that's crazy mm -hmm. now can you tell us about any unique or lesser known cryptids in the Appalachia region that you've come across? You ever heard of Ugwa? Nope. Um, so Ugwa is a giant 500 pound snapping turtle. Oh my God. Alligator snapping turtle. That would um, be scary. Yeah. And some legends, it's said to have two heads and some it's, you know, just one. Um, it's probably going to become popular for too long because they're going to feature it in uh, Fallout 76. But until they said they were going to do that, um, nobody had ever heard of it. Um, it uh, gosh, I forget which river it was, but uh, the story starts out. Um, there was a boy fishing and um, just minding his own business at a river fishing. 
and then this giant snapping turtle comes up, chomp, you know, eats him, dra- drags him off, and just he's gone. Drags oh him in the water. Gosh. Yeah. And um, then there were reports of it uh, taking cattle and those kinds of things. And then cattle. Yeah. Jesus. Well, I yeah. guess if you're looking at 500 pound, a snapping turtle's mouth anyway. Even a regular size snapping turtle. That thing is fierce. So imagine a 500 pound yeah, snapping turtle. Have you ever snapping. done? Uh, I don't know if you've done much fishing or wading in rivers, but I've had a couple huge ones. That is a terrifying thing to look down and see one swimming past you. Those things are, I mean, they're big. Uh, I had one probably as big as my torso. Oh, wow. Swimming past me one time, and that terrified me in the New River. In the New River? In the New River. Oh, my God. I didn't know they get that big. I I honestly didn't know they get that oh, big. Oh, yeah, they get huge. Oh, well, then I can see one. Yeah being that big then i mean like we all know that we have not explored every inch of the appalachia either nor the whole country so i mean you can't again you can't say something isn't real when you haven't gone out and we haven't researched every square square inch of this country i mean come on now do you have you noticed any patterns or similarities between the stories that you've collected from different parts of the Appalachia region? Patterns. Like, do you notice that there's more ghost activity in one area, more, more creature activity? Yes. The, it seems like uh, towards central, almost central West Virginia and up, it's, uh, I've been I've gotten a lot of cryptid type sightings. And then from like Braxton County down to where I'm at, I, I get a lot of ghost activity type sightings. And, what do you uh, think attributes to that? I don't know. I guess, you know, like uh, Braxton County was Mothman, Point Pleasant. I mean, uh, Braxton County was Flatwoods Monster. Uh, And then you've got uh, Mothman up the north. Uh, You know, Veggie Man I talked about was further north. Um, Well, like, are there the some that you think there's a pattern like Ghosts Encrypted? So would you say... The cryptids are more in the mountainous area, yes, and the definitely. ghosts are more in like a still rural because yeah, West yeah, Virginia yeah. is rural, yeah, but not as mountainous as yes. I guess what I'm trying to say. Yes, that, that's it. Definitely does kind of seem like that. That's interesting. Have you and ever thought about that? That there's like patterns like that. I hadn't really thought about it that much until you mentioned it. To be honest, that's, also. Uh, there's UFO activity, like we talked about earlier, That that's universal around here. Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, goodness, because, I mean, let's face it, there's been people has, ha, I think, I might be wrong, but hasn't there been alien abduction stories coming out of West Virginia? Oh, yeah. I don't that's, know. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but yeah. And I, I, I wonder ha- where there, where those are. Are those more... I mean, if you took a if you took a flap of abduction stories, are they more in like a rural 
or a mountainous. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I always thought that UFOs were more seen and abduction stories were more known of where you get out in the middle of nowhere because, mm-hmm. you know, they got to land, they got to come to your house and they got to not try to not be seen, I guess is the word. Right. But now, do you think the popularity of paranormal TV shows and movies have influenced people's beliefs in these type of creatures? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, uh, I mean, back when I first started looking at this stuff, people thought it was weird, you know. Just people I knew thought it was weird until recent years, actually. See, I, I'll have to agree with you on that, though, because same thing. I've always been into the creepy and the cryptid and the scary since I was like uh, probably eight or nine. And I would always want to tell scary stories around like if we would go to camp with my friends from like my parents, friends and their kids mm-hmm. that were my friends. I'd always want to, like, tell a scary story or, you know, this and that. And everyone else would be like, oh, come on, you know. I always gravitated more toward the creepy and the horror movies and, you know, things that were unexplained. You know, I wanted to be the one to research and talk mm-hmm. about them. So no, I get Yeah, I, I did a lot of reading into that stuff. And then, you know, back then, everybody's like, oh, Jimmy reads that stuff. He's weird. No, it's not weird at all. It's actually you have a more open mind than people. I'd rather be open-minded than have a narrow, one-track mind that just Mm -hmm. thinks everything is because of us. Like, we're important. There's nothing here but us. No. We we cannot be as good as the universe gets because if so, if that's what people think, then it's done a horrible job. Because we're like the worst human, we're like think, the worst yeah, species ever. I think you mentioned that recently in your podcast. You, yep. the last episode you did. Yep. And, and that's just because I don't, like I said, if you see a picture of an alien or a UFO, people automatically are quick to jump and say, that's not an alien. That's not a UFO. But really, you honestly think that we're as good as the universe can make the fact that we kill one another we're so angry toward each other so mm-hmm. negative we love uh division it, it's just it can't be and i think that yes i do believe when i hear stories of these women that are being um carrying a an alien baby you know and they get to go up to the spaceship and hold it to bond with it for a little bit These women, I mean, the one girl that has dark hair, I forget what her profession is. I think she's a lawyer or in the medical field. She's not crazy. She's made a documentary just on herself about what happened to her. And I've seen a couple other ladies tell their story. And it is just they have so much to lose, Jimmy, so much to lose. Mm -hmm. And when somebody comes out with a story like this that they can lose their friends they can lose their profession they can you know their family can distance themselves you just know are they really putting themselves on the line like that what are your thoughts on that 
Well, that's something I haven't done a lot of thinking of, to be honest. The, with it. Wow. Yeah. Um, hmm. I mean, these, you know, when you look at, there was a a gray-haired lady. I'll, I'll have to bring up the documentary that I watched, but it's a gray-haired lady, very nice, uh, respectable, prim and proper. She was... Um, uh, a professional for 40 some years and then like I said it was a younger darker haired girl um, again professional very well spoken when you watch them tell their stories about how they knew that they were carrying an alien humanoid creature and and that they were told telepathically to bond with it you're this is the last you're going to see of it um you just got to sit there and feel for them. Like, don't yeah, oh yeah, don't definitely. criticize them. And so right. many people want to criticize. Again, I just don't know how people can watch the, the, the documentary. And then what they get out of it is they turn it off and they say, yeah, that's not true. So you think this person, this professional, this well-kept lady, she's in a suit. She's in a cream-colored suit in a very nice apartment that she lives in. You're thinking that she's going to just put everything out there on the line, her career, her reputation, her family, her friends, everything, for for just a story she just wanted to pull out uh, of her brain that, one day. Yeah, I, I don't think that that's uh, – you know, I, I don't think somebody's just going to go on and exactly. say that. Exactly. Exactly. Did you – yeah, I, I mean, speaking of the the um, you know the women with the alien babies, did um did you? I'm sure you're familiar with Betty and Barney Hill. Um, I think Betty Hill believed that she uh was uh, was used. Yeah. Because she had that long, very thin needle like that they were mm-hmm. putting into her navel, mm-hmm. and even though it telepathically was telling her, oh, it, it won't hurt. Don't, you know, don't worry about that. But she said she felt like it was taking something from her or mm-hmm. putting something in her. And um, even the dress that she wore, you know, it had blood on it. It mm-hmm. had blood on it by her navel area. I mean, so, you know, I think that she was used in some way. I think they took her eggs, maybe because apparently she wasn't pregnant any time that. But then again, we don't know that yeah. because she could have been taken in her sleep and they could have wiped her yeah, mind. It's hard to say. Yeah, yeah. You don't know. Yeah. The, um, the, the They didn't. Neither one of them originally remembered the story. It was a while. Where uh, they started remembering it, if I remember, mm-hmm. under hypnosis, maybe even. Yes, that was what it was. I mean, oh, my God, to hear a man scream like that, as Barney did. Mm-hmm. That, that, uh, yes, I, I saw that a documentary on that at a very young age. That, wow. Yeah, I, I don't this, think I've ever heard a man scream like that. And I could feel the fear that he was feeling when I heard that. Yeah. Crazy. What do you think, um, since we're on that subject of aliens and humanoids, what do you think about what it's been said that Eisenhower had made 
a pact with the aliens in trading for boosting us in technology that they that aliens were allowed to do with what they will with us as far as experiments. What do I think of that? I mean, yeah, I think it's think very that possible. I mean, think about all the techno technological uh, booms we've had over the past uh, couple of decades, you know? Mm-hmm. I well, mean, I even think it's possible. What I said about in my last episode about the fact, well, I think, I don't know if it was in my last episode or if it was with me and the Paranormal Project girls, but remember when they were trying to – the space race was going on with Russia, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we kept having rockets that just put it on the launch pad, blew up. Every rocket was blowing yeah. up, and then all of a sudden, in the middle 60s, 60 – I think it was 64 to 65 to 69 – the rockets just all of a sudden started going off without a hitch. Now, granted, that was about 20 years past Roswell and when mm-hmm. Eisenhower was supposedly supposed to do this pact. But um, I don't know. I just think it's very weird that in the 40s is when some, you know, just a few alien crashes happen. And then all of a sudden we had these big flaps come up in 50s and 60s. And then that's when. The space race, we want it going yeah. right up there. Now, again, then that takes you to the moon landing. Is it real or fake? So I guess you could go anywhere with that. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, going back to cryptids and, and you, you know, I want to know, have you enter, have you ever encountered skeptics who don't believe in the existence of these creatures? And how do you respond to them? Um, actually, yeah, it, it, it's it's kind of a where I'm at and where I'm from. It's kind of a divided topic. It's like half and half almost. Uh, there, believe it or not, there are a lot of believers around here. You know, mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, you, I, I don't know. I really don't respond that much to them. Somebody just says, "Oh, that stuff's fake." Oh, this is. I don't know. We, <laughs> I guess, around here, everybody kind of gets along. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you know, they say it's fake. You just let them go about their business, really, and you go about yours. But do you uh, think the people that do believe, do you think it's part of their family history that these stories have started way back then and they're carrying it on and a family member and, would tend to believe a family member? In a lot of cases, yes, mm-hmm. especially with some of these Mothman and Flatwoods Monster ones that I, I've heard. Just uh, Going to the locations, I've made some friends, and they've people have told me, oh my, uh, my great aunt had a uh, Mothman sighting, or my uh, brother-in-law was one of the boys. So that one was an interesting brother-in-law was one of the boys that uh, that were part of the original uh, Flatwoods monster sighting. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, and then I one of my fans wrote in and told me that uh, her mom. No, his mom actually saw the uh, fireball in the sky in Braxton County. Wow, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh, what I would have given to watch that. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, if I had a time machine, I wouldn't go around and changing stuff. I'd go and try to see some of these events. Same yeah. here. I would never so go to try cool. to yeah. change it. I would love to see all of them. I would love to go back and be... 
um, you know, a fly sitting on the Patterson Gimbal two guys that saw that Bigfoot. Oh, yeah, yeah, famous. yeah, that would be sweet. Oh, I would love to see that. Um, I would love to see the Mothman that the woman that her and her brother were the ones that saw it when they were driving in the car and it was coming mm-hmm. up beside her. I would have loved to be a friend I in the back her. seat. <gasps> really? Yeah. Wow, and do you yeah. think they really had that encounter? I didn't actually talk about it with her. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, well, that's good. That means that you believed her and there was other things to talk about and other yeah, things to I, know about her. She, she was at one of the Mothman festivals. I can't remember if I told you, but I do some work for the Mothman Museum. Mm-hmm. I'm up there you did. a couple times a year, and I've met all kinds of people. Um, There's been a couple people I've met uh, – I was like, later, I was like, wait a minute. They were in that documentary. <laughs> There's been a couple. Um, there was an older man who uh, told me once that, uh, you know, he's, he asked me what I thought of Mothman. And um, he uh, he told me that um, he's been hearing about the, the bird. May, I, I don't know how much you've looked into it, but... Uh, the the media actually came up with the name Mothman. Um, the town people didn't call it Mothman; they called right. it the bird. It, it was more of a uh, half bird, half man. But he told me that that uh, he's been hearing that people have been seeing uh, a bird, half man, half bird, since before the town was even settled in that area. Oh wow! Yeah. So this goes back to settler time, like yeah. before settler time. Very possible, yeah. He said that the natives talked about it from what he had heard. Well, then right there, I believe it. If the natives say it, yes. that, you know, I tend to believe a lot that, you know, they're not ones to make up stories. They carry the stories on. Yeah, that, they also you know, had uh, Bigfoot stories, too. Yep. Yep, Harry Man. They yeah. called it Harry Man. Yeah, they uh, apparently they drove. So um, it could have been um, Bigfoot, but uh, apparently they uh, they wouldn't at first would not go into West Virginia until they were driven into the area by the settlers because they said that uh, giants lived in um, the area. Oh, wow. I don't know if you'd ever heard that, but you know, that could be Bigfoot. But there's also uh, legends of giants in this area, too. I have heard about the giants, and it always makes me wonder, um, you know, if, if I guess with the Bigfoot thing, a lot of people think it's it's just flesh and blood. Oh, yeah. I don't. I yeah. think that it's flesh and blood and, and something supernatural because I have seen – different little video captures of like a trail cam one that i've just seen recently as of yesterday um it was a trail cam that had the bigfoot standing there you know i mean it was a way peeking from behind you know a tree but then all of a sudden disappeared in like a blink of an eye i believe that the way they're able to be so elusive and not caught and not captured is because they can teleport from one place to another to get away from where they are. If they have danger in one certain area, because there was one lady in a Bigfoot documentary, her 
um, sighting was she saw it and then it shriveled into nothing. It like shriveled into a black hole and just disappeared. So I feel that that's the reason why it's been so elusive because mm-hmm. it can do that. I've heard of that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, a friend of mine's a uh, Bigfoot researcher and was uh, actually talking to me about that. Um, another possibility I thought, you know, um, have you seen the Predator movies? Oh my! Possible, that's so funny you bring that up. Yeah, possible. It, I mean, could even be a uh, like extraterrestrial type race that's yep. here visiting Earth, and you know they're using stealth technology. Hard to say. I agree a hundred percent. My husband thinks that like the translucent predator, like uh, camouflaging itself, because there's another woman that she was in her tree stand. Probably, I think she was a woman like in her forties, fifties. She was hunting. She went out without her, without her husband one day, and she was standing in her tree stand, and all of a sudden, she heard something out, you know, her right ear across the way. So, if you think of a tree stand being, you know, 10 feet up mm-hmm. or so, you look across. That's meaning 10 feet up, and you're mm-hmm. looking across because that's where you hear it from. And she said she saw something through the trees moving, and she had actually got a cell phone footage of it. But it was back when, you know, it was a flip phone and it had the crappy digital camera. But you do see something ever so slightly moving through the tree. And it's like you can see something grabbing on to another tree limb to move itself forward. It was very, very weird. But um, there was somebody that's caught something just like that, like a predator camouflaging, translucent, see-through being, I guess you want to mm-hmm. call it. But, yes, I do think that they are, like you said, some type of su- supernatural force, you know. Now, have you – how do you think that the stories and legends that you write about impact tourism in the Appalachian area? Well, here lately it, it's uh, had a positive um, impact. Mm-hmm. Um I know the Flatwoods and uh, the Mothman Museum even better because you know, <laughs> and uh, there and the Bigfoot Museum. There, there, there's all kinds of people flocking to these places now. Um, the Mothman Museum owner told me that uh, so around 2020 he started having his best years ever. Oh really? Yes. You know why? Because YouTube started blowing up of people doing YouTube paranormal investigations, Bigfoot documentaries. Mm -hmm. I notice a big jump on YouTube channels that are doing cryptid paranormal exploring more. At least that's what I'm thinking. But what can you tell us, my listeners, about uh, what you and I had talked about briefly was the Black Sisters ah. of Christianburg, Virginia. I think this is a fascinating story, and I'd love my listeners to hear it from you, Jimmy, because sure. I think you wrote very well about it. So <laughs> I'm going to put myself on mute, and I'm going to okay. have you take it away. All right. Um, I'll, I'll start from my notes, um, but uh, I grew for a good part of my life, I spent in Christiansburg, Virginia, and um, a lot of my friends are from Christiansburg, Virginia, that I've had my entire life, and I've been hearing about the Black Sisters all my life, 
I've heard many people tell me they've seen or heard stuff at the school where that was built on top of their school and at Sunset Cemetery where one or two of the sisters are um, said to be buried. Um, so from what I'd always heard, the three sisters uh, were called the Black Sisters because they uh, wore all black clothing. Um, they wore black dresses, shoes, gloves, hats, and even had bales. They, they looked like they were going to a, like a funeral. And people around town would say uh, that, that they were witches. Um, so I believe it was, uh, their names were Mary Sneed, Caroline Martin, and Virginia Wardraw. <laughs> I can't. Um, Mary and Caroline came to Christiansburg around 1902 to help their sister Virginia run the uh, Montgomery County Female Academy. And then once the sisters showed up there, uh, some strange things started happening uh, um, at the academy. Um, first, there was the uh, controversial uh, illegitimate, illegitimate baby uh, was born to one of the girls at the old the, the all-girls school. Back then, you know, it was kind of, it was kind of, it was big, frowned upon if, you know, somebody had a baby like that. Um, and then uh, no one heard anything else about the, the baby or the girl. They just kind of disappeared. That was, uh, that was kind of spooky. Um, and then shortly after that, uh, Mary's son, John, was found burnt to death in his bed um, just a couple weeks after his mother had taken out a large insurance policy on him. Um, and then Caroline's daughter, Osie, came to town and married her uh, first cousin, which was Mary's... Uh, son named uh, Fletcher Sneed, I believe, and uh, sometime after, uh, Osi got pregnant, and uh, Fletcher just fled town, and it was up to the Black Sisters to take care of uh, her and the baby. Um, it turns out that uh, they didn't take very good care of her and, and the baby at all. Um, shortly after the baby was born, it died of malnutrition, and then uh, Osi was found uh, drowned in a bathtub. And yet again, uh, another death right after they took out a big insurance policy on her. Um, I also heard rumors that uh, one or two of the sisters uh, had insurance policies on their husbands and their husbands died mysteriously as well. Um, so th this was a thing that kept happening. Um, so. After all these events, people in town started talking. Uh, the police wanted to talk to uh, them, and uh, they skipped out of town, and uh, I think they fled to New Jersey. Um, soon after they got there, the authorities caught up with them. Uh, Caroline was convicted of murder and sentenced to seven years in a mental hospital where she later died. Uh, Mary pled guilty and but got off in uh, a technicality. She was the one that survived all this and fled to Colorado. Um, and then finally, uh, Virginia starved herself to death. 
before she ever went to trial. And uh, the story doesn't end there. Um, while they were still alive, a cab driver said uh, reported that he had taken them, the three sisters, out to the Sunset Cemetery on multiple occasions. And, you know, he had to wait for them. And um, he said that uh, it looked like they, they were would go and perform this ritual around a, a couple of grave sites. And um guessed it was some kind of satanic ritual. And the weird thing was um, people say that uh, – which I can't remember which I think it, it could be Virginia that was buried there. That was that was the one that's confirmed buried there. Went into uh, one of these plots that uh, they had been doing the ritual at. That was that was bizarre. I, I heard that. Um, I heard I've heard that multiple times now. Um, so the years go by and um, that that. Uh, that all girls school is torn down. I think it was started by the uh, Presbyterians um, across the road. At least that's what I heard. And uh, Christiansburg High School is built there. Later becomes the middle school. And that's where um, I started hearing about a lot of these stories. My grandmother, my grandma even worked there as a uh, secretary. Um, my friends would tell me, you know, um, they would hear stuff when they in the uh, I think it was the first one of the bathrooms on the first floor. They would hear whispers, this whispering sound. Um, and then I, I heard stories about uh, would hear screams coming from the gymnasium. And apparently the. Uh, there, there, there was, the gymnasium was built on top of an old well, and the rumor is uh, that that baby that went missing got tossed into that well, and you could hear like a baby screaming and uh, a, a female screaming in the gymnasium. Um, people say they see shadows darting around in the halls. Uh, one of my best friends told me that, and I believe him. You know, he he told me, hey, I've been there. It always he went to school there. He felt always felt like he was being watched. And one day he saw a shadow dart around a corner. He ran and looked around the corner and nothing was no one was there. Um, Trying to think if anybody else has told. I mean, hmm, I think I've only really heard people say, oh. And I, I mentioned my grandma worked there. I, I would go with her in the summer sometimes to work because, you know, I was, you know, 10 or 11. What do you do with a 10 year old, 11 year old? You know, you take them in with you. Um, You know, I got that feeling, too. You, you go in the hall and it's like a million eyes were watching you as you walked through the hall. It was so weird and so creepy. Um. And then, uh, you know, after I started this, the YouTube channel, years later, I come back and uh, we're filming. We have all these problems with the, the video was scrambled the first time we tried to film. Um, second time we filmed, it, it turned out OK. Um, I think I sent you a screenshot. Somebody uh, 
sent me from my video, they're they're like, did you see this face in the window? No, I didn't see that. <laughs> that was spooky as hell looking. And even then when I went it, from outside, it felt like there were like a million eyes just watching me. I don't know what it was, but that place is just creepy. I get creeped out every time I, I've ever driven by it. I've been creeped out. Um, they also say that uh, one of the sisters can, if you're there at the cemetery, Sunset Cemetery at midnight, you can see uh, shadowy figures darting around in the in the cemetery. And uh, one of the sisters supposedly dances around the cemetery at midnight. That was another one I heard. Um, I believe a, a kid I knew told me that he went and he saw that. Yeah. I don't know if this was kids talking, you know, back then, but I did have a kid tell me that don't go to that Sunset Cemetery at midnight. He said he saw a figure dancing. Yeah. Um, that one has creeped me out my entire life. Um, I actually didn't write the Black Sisters story at first because I was so scared I'd screw it up, to be honest. And uh, you're saying I, I did really well with it. And a couple of my friends told me the same. It's actually when the 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 vlog and YouTube channel uh, kind of took off. When I when I did that, um, I'd like to go back there and see if I can get inside and walk around and film inside the place. I think that would be really awesome. Um, I believe that's it for the Black Sisters. I believe that's all of it. You should definitely go to the school and film in there, Jimmy. That would be. I need to. I need to contact them and see. I'm mm -hmm. hoping I can. Um, I've got that video of the Alexander House, um, mm -hmm. which is a haunted location. They let me. They invited me to come film because I helped them out. Um, I'm hoping that one gets some attention and gets our name out um, in that area. And uh, I can kind of use that as an example and say, hey, this is all I want to do. I just want to come and film, hopefully. That, uh, I, and then the plan is to reach back out to uh, that particular location and see if I can film there. That would be really neat. Definitely. And then our last question for this episode, Jimmy, and we'll let you off the hook. Um, what advice would you give to someone who wants to start exploring the world of paranormal and cryptid stories? Um, my advice would be talk to people. Um, talk to people. Um, read books about encounters. Um I don't I think you and I have talked about it. I'm not super into the stuff you see on TV. I think it, it kind of gets embellished a, a bit to mm -hmm. reviews. I think the, the meat of this is talking to people and reading eyewitness reports and books. I think that's where a good place to start. Um, TV might be good to get the ideas of it, but I, I, I can't stress how important it is to. You know, actually talk to these people or read these encounters and books. Um, 
That's what I do for my research. It's very rarely that I will watch, but what if I watch anything, it's a documentary. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not people going to live in a house or going to going out and camping for a night, you know, looking for dog man because you just don't know. You just don't know. You don't know who to believe. I don't know you. Right. So, I don't know, but I will watch a documentary with real scientists, real renowned researchers, you know, and that's what I try to do my research on. It's very important. Mm-hmm. But, well, tell everyone, Jimmy, where you can be found, because I really want to get your name out there. I think <laughs> you have a lot to offer Thank as you. far as telling people the the meat and potatoes of a good story. So where can you be found, Jimmy? The biggest place to look for us is YouTube at Spooky Appalachia. That's where the majority of our content goes, uh, the weekly stories, the uh, the uh, where I'm showing off these places and um, our live streams. And we do paranormal reaction videos, too. We talk about clips. Um, the stories can be found on our blog and uh, podcast platforms, you know, in addition to YouTube, you watch it on YouTube, you see us talk about it, you know, kind of live, but you can uh, read the stories on SpookyAppalachia.com. And uh, you can hear these stories on pretty much any podcast platform I can find. I usually use Spotify. Um, We're on Instagram. I I share photos from these places and uh, post about our weekly stories on Instagram, and I believe that's just Spooky Appalachia on Instagram. The only weird one, oh, we've got the Facebook page, Spooky Appalachia. Um, that's another good place to find us. Uh, and then uh, Twitter, it's uh, Spooky Appalach one is our Twitter. Wow, I'm looking at it now. We've got uh, 1,236 followers. I had no idea. Somebody pointed out to me yesterday, a friend of mine has a, a dog breeding business. She said, wow, Spooky Appalachia is bigger than my dog breeding business. I was like, it is? And I looked, I had almost 3,000 followers. I was like, holy crap. That's <laughs> when did what that happen? Courtney from Haunts, um, she, <laughs> when I put up, one of my videos on TikTok and it had like 4,000 and some views. She was like, Jesus, what are you doing? I was like, I don't know. I just like making videos. Cause I think that since I like so much of the strange paranormal, scary stories, you know, I've been writing little short stories and then, you know, doing artwork on them to bring it out to kind of also emphasize my podcast that, Hey, if you like, scary and spooky come on over because i'm also going to be writing my own short stories you know once a month for the podcast but you know i love your stories i love how they're written everyone um all of my listeners please go over and um you know take a look at jimmy's blog his website the spooky definitely go add him on instagram and facebook Check out his YouTube channel. Um, help support another creator like myself. It's so hard for us to get out there when it's a big world out there. So your like, your follow, your support, your listener watch helps us tremendously. 
But um, Jimmy, always an honor to speak to you, no matter what it is. And I'm so glad that I'm on your journey with you and you're on my journey with me and we will support each other now the to the end future. Of time. <laughs> exactly. I'm so, not this. Nope. Thank you so much for being on my show. It's been truly an honor to speak with you about everything. I think everybody should take his advice on on how to research. Do it well. Bring the most that you can bring on a story. Put your own twist on it, though. It's always good to put your own twist on. And that's where Jimmy and I left it for the evening. Please go and check his channel out on YouTube just by searching Spooky Appalachia. Also, go follow him on Instagram and TikTok at Spooky Appalachia as well. Jimmy has a great channel, so please make sure that you like, subscribe, and share. It helps us all out there. Just a little update. For Tuesday, May 30th is the second episode of the Virginia City Chronicles. So I hope to all see you there live, 7 p.m. Central Time. And we also have some great episodes coming up. So please stay tuned. And until next time, cabin crew, explore your strange. <laughs>